Hello and welcome to Shrink, the podcast for the mind. I'm Philippe Taron and I talk to the people who want to have a better understanding of their issues with weight and body image. Today I'm very happy to chat with my friend Nina. Hi Nina. Hello Philip. Can you tell us um, a bit about yourself? Yes. A bit or a lot, whatever you want. <laughs> okay, so I am an intuitive trainer and also a nutritionist. I focus mostly on the movement part of my practice though. And I also make art that is very much related to the wellness industry and wellness community and health and sickness. Okay, so you do quite many different things, in fact. Yes, and I think the only way I get away with it is that the subjects stay quite narrow. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, well, how do you, how would you define it? Uh, the, the well, it's taken me quite a long time. Um, I started, I think I started my journey as a trainer in well, not I think I know I started my journey as a tra- trainer in uh, 2012, getting qualifications and everything by 2013. And I've been practicing since, but uh, the art practice happened exactly at the same time. Um, I was working completely different jobs before. I I do come from art, but I was more involved in the gallery system. Um, And I just wasn't happy in the office. I really hated actually working in offices. Um, I would would hate it as well. Yeah. I I tried a long time ago. I've tried, but I I hated it. Yeah, exactly. It just wasn't, it wasn't for me and... um, I actually kind of quit from one day to the other, mm. which was very... I think the gallerist still hates me. Okay. Uh, it was yeah, he told me. <laughs> <laughs> it was right before an art fair, and I just dropped oh, okay, them. Yeah, and I just, yeah. Too I much think pressure? Or? It was too much pressure. I was waking up with about 60, uh, 60 to 70 emails in the morning every day before even mm. starting to work, and uh, I will end around 9 p.m. at night, and sitting down at a desk I almost forgot that I was dealing with art it just felt like yeah. I was in front of excel sheets every day and it wasn't you in fact it wasn't no. it, it felt yeah it felt actually very I felt so feral in that environment mm-hmm. um I felt like I needed to be out and moving and and it didn't happen quickly the transition uh, I guess I started making art s- straight away uh, after leaving the, the gallery because it was as a way for me to understand a bit better myself. And uh, the, uh, the practice as a trainer continued because I started making these pieces of work that were inspired by YouTube fitness videos. Okay. I just really hated the way they looked, to be honest. Why? Um, I found. I mean, I hate them too, but I, yeah, I, I, I found I the like music really obnoxious. Um, I hated the extreme positive motivation that almost uh, verged on aggression and like guilt. It, I found I found it quite guilt tripping actually, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and I also found it quite ironic the way in which videos were classified according to body parts. It was like the opposite of. I feel like in life all we want is to become whole and to finally mm. come back to true self being this like boundless energy ball. And that instead was like, oh, you might want an ass or you might want mm. abs. Or you might want... And like, so it was a very Frankenstein experience of health. And I was like, I was like this doesn't really speak to me. But what I liked about them was the choreographic nature so it reminded me a lot of dance, uh, mm-hmm. which I'm very close to. I was never a ballerina, but I always wanted to be. And mm-hmm. I'm very close to the theater and ballet because of my family. 
Um, and I just started noticing that they were designing workouts a bit like you would design a choreography or you would create a choreography. Mm -hmm. So I made drawings, um, which then were exhibited in galleries, uh, diagrams, and then I performed them. And, and I was like, the music is not very nice, so I'm just going to change, I'm going to put piano music that I compose myself. And that was my first interaction with that world. And then... Um, well, how, do you, how would you call that that world? So when you say that world, what do you mean? Like the well, wellness world? Yes, or I guess the... Fitness world? Or? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All of those worlds. Like wellness, fitness, um, which I find very... I find I have a bit of a problem with those world, with those words or worlds. Mm. Um, the word wellness makes me think straight away about sickness, and uh, the word fitness makes me think a lot about again this like, machinic way of approaching health, which I just don't find very relatable. Like um, it's very much again like you obviously probably very interesting that when thinking about diets, um, this idea that we can correct and balance things out by adding some of this taking something mm -hmm. out like yeah. almost if we were just machines yes yeah. and chasing whatever our lifestyle is exactly. whatever our, yeah no exactly, exactly. and it's, it's almost like if the body was like a scale and we yeah. are just and the mind is the person that is going to uh, balance out the scale rather than trusting the sort of like inner magic And that's that's when that's when sorry no, 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 no. and that's when you you started uh, learning more about the uh, intuitive training or uh... yes well I think um, intuitive training I came I came to to be more and more into for example when talking about intuitive training what I mean is obviously being very in contact with yourself mm -hmm. as a trainer but also what does it as mean a... being in, in contact with yourself I'm sorry I'm yeah just no 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 this is a mean? good question I think it means to well the word intuition means to me at least, being able to internally listen to inner body cues. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, so it allows me to re research and regain agency over what I believe is good for me rather than external factors. Mm -hmm. uh, which obviously, so if I think about being in contact with myself, if I'm choosing, for example, how to move, It will mean what's my energy level like that morning or how I'm feeling. Do I need to be rescued and cuddled or do I need to instead actually be productive and energized or just try to really understand what it is that your body's telling you you need in that moment rather than overtraining, for example, at night, which is definitely something that I've been a victim of doing. Or, uh, what do you mean by that? Well, just thinking about what's what's what I think is good. No, but sorry, but when you say that you've been victim... Uh, uh, victim then, of, yeah. of that. Um, well, I've had my fair share of experiences, um, first with food and then also with training. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so the opposite of intuitive training is what I've definitely done for quite a few years when I first uh, got really into fitness, uh, which was having a, an idea of a cosmetic goal uh, paired up with a hyperactive, uh, avoidant mind. Um, when I say avoidant, I mean not really wanting to face up yeah, to yeah, yeah. traumas or to my life experience, basically. And the combination of the two just created a lot of cardio. <laughs> <laughs> And, Was um, it helping somehow, you think? 
I think it really wasn't, mm. um, unfortunately. Uh, I think it does help a lot of people um, to move a lot mm. and like actually can completely reshuffle um, hormonal imbalances and uh, you know fatigue and mm. things. But I am a very very hyperactive person to start with. And I've noticed that. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's talking about. And <laughs> anyway. Um, which which actually means it's pretty much never good for me to it's never overdo enough, it. You mean, yeah, yeah, because the moment I start working out for an hour, I can go on for mm-hmm. five. Yeah. I've had this problem since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. My mom uh, brought me to a doctor and I, because I couldn't sleep and they told her to make me exercise a lot. And so she made me do two to three sports a week. And it just made me more and more hyperactive and more and more into sports. Mm. I actually really love sports. I've always been really mm. into sports and I love the idea of training and everything. But um, um, for me, like things like yin yoga, uh, which is the very slow yoga where yeah. you li- literally stay in for five minutes in one pose is what brings me back to life. Uh, it gives me a rest that I mm. haven't been able to achieve pretty much anywhere else, even in sleep. Um, but yeah, so intuitive eating means that, for example, one evening being able to switch off and do a really slow type of yoga instead of doing the physio exercises that you think. I mean, you intuitive have to exercising, do. you mean? Yeah. Intuitive eating, yeah. Sorry. Okay. No, no, intuitive, actually, just yeah. to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Um, so yeah, in terms of intuitive exercising, uh, it means like just being able to know when to start, when to stop, and when you need what. And obviously, as a trainer that deals with that, uh, what I really like is maintaining a level of flexibility within my sessions to really um, tap into what the other person is that is coming to my sessions is coming with like so you, what do they actually need okay so you you start by you start by chatting with them or uh, how does it work in fact uh, <laughs> so the first ever ever meeting is uh, it's got a questionnaire before and we have we meet and we talk for like about an hour to hour how long we actually need to not over two hours that's quite a long time mm-hmm. Uh, about everything as much as possible actually Uh, the more I know about them and their routines but also their I guess fears and when possible also a little bit about their personal life uh, what's happened to them if they had food disorders before Mm -hmm. for example if they had any obsessive uh, or addictive problems to any substances or whatever yeah. that may There's be. There's a lot of things. In exactly. Yeah. And their goals, their goals as well, Well, I guess. they, they come with they me with goals, oh, yeah. exactly. And Are they realistic, you think? Sorry, I'm interrupting you. No, no, no. I think um, they come with me with goals. And when they're cosmetic, I usually tell them that I'm not the right person mm-hmm. in the sense that if you're looking for like a mathematical... Um, quantification of the progress mm-hmm. that you're going to achieve with me that's not going to be that's not what you do it's not it's not what i do it's not what i want to do it's mm-hmm. not what i believe in uh, what i what we usually agree on is a state of mind and uh, a certain amount of skills i'm really into skills so for okay. example as a trainer i can teach you balance i can teach you pilates i can teach you functional training I can so if we agree on few things there are like actually goals that are not to do cosmetically with how your body is going to mm-hmm. look but with what you, what you want your body to be able to achieve yeah which then, is so much better I mean yeah. I think no, it's so no, much course, healthier yeah. and yeah. like and 
they can try and trick me and be like, well, I'm trying to achieve <laughs> being a ballerina. Like, uh, well, we don't try and trick you. I know <laughs> you, would, you would see it. But yeah, how, how does your, for example, your first interaction with the... Well, it's, about the it's not the same, but it's in some, somehow it's similar because my clients come to, uh, at first, they, have, um, they want to lose weight most of the time. It's not always about that, mm -hmm. but most of the time it's just what I'm known for. So they want to lose weight. And yeah. um, so... Um, I tell them that I don't know if we will get there because you know I ask them what how much would how much weight would you like to to lose sorry yeah. and uh, sometimes it's not realistic and then they say they ask me you know can you get me there and I say mm -hmm. I don't know in fact can uh, you get yourself that <laughs> I, I mean it's so not about the weight yeah. I mean the weight is there and I I get it that it's annoying that it's frustrating that it's unhealthy if you're if you're overweight. Mm -hmm. I get that. And at the end, yes, they will lose weight. I don't yeah. know how much weight they will lose. But it's a journey. And the yeah. journey is not about... We won't quantify the journey by the, the amount of kilos they, or pounds they've lost. It's more the things they've, they've they got rid of, you know, the fears, the anger, the anxiety. Yeah. And um, Exactly. And also, I feel like, I don't know if in your experience you have, it happened the same with you, like with you and your clients, but... Um, often, if the goal is uh, cosmetic or quantifiable, mm. and the mindset hasn't changed, or or mindset is also a bit of a tricky word, but no, no, I know what you mean. That is going to be temporary. Leaving, it's going to be well, temporary. And it's not going to work. On top of that, the it, you keep going to make new new quantifiable goals. Mm. So, from experience, from someone that has suffered from uh, food disorders, and also specifically like orthorexia, being really obsessed with health, unless you change how you see your body and how you see yourself, your body image, mm. etc., that, <clears throat> that well-being, that health will never be achieved because the whole thing functions exactly on the very... It's based on the fact that you're, it's unachievable. Mm -hmm. It's based on the fact that you are going to be keep chasing it because if what you're really not looking at is the real pain and void and... Um, I do talk therapy now and it's been like in actually life-changing uh, I've done it a couple of times but this is the this is with a new therapist and she's really amazing and and I'm noticing how incredible it is to do things differently and to be able to do things differently for the first time so that then inevitably that will have a dominant effect on all the mm -hmm. other things being course, my yeah. body my health etc my eating uh, my training my relationships but if the goal stays within the symptomatic response to those those fears and those traumas mm -hmm. for example it's just going to shift whether to another subject, like uh, it can go into relationships or it can go into more health or it can go in new diet. There's always no, I, I know, yeah. society, the society we live in gives us, like is the hungry ghost society. It's like it will always give us new mm. ways, right, to new goals, new potential yeah, cosmetic to, to goals. Be, to be better. To it's be like better. we're never good enough and we, yeah. we can always and be it's better. it's built and, on that. Yeah. It's like it's completely built on the possibility of constantly purchasing new incredible being, per being perfect somehow yeah exactly. and, do, and so so you see some of your clients uh, you see them 
um, they come and see you as a, because they want to do some some exercise with you, and others they see you because you're a nutritionist, or is it always combined? It's very much uh, combined for me, and but for um, them at first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. In sorry. Yeah. No, no, for no, them, no, no. Um, for them is they usually come for me to to train. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I'm trying to think. It depends. It really depends from the years. Some years it depends because I work on uh, word of mouth, so uh, referral mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have social media, don't have a website, and I um, I usually get clients referring other clients, mm-hmm. and that's how it's been working. And so it really depends. Some people I've only had on diets uh, or n- nutritional plans, mm-hmm. and other people mostly on training and then eventually they'll go into more nutrition in general i offer always advice in both cases Mm -hmm. like it's never like it's very hard to just stay on topic Mm -hmm. either nutrition because they are so intertwined and um it's true though that sometimes clients come to me and they're like complaining about not being able to get that with training and they're maybe doing a couple of hours a week of training and and then they don't do anything else themselves and and then it's quite hard not to start mentioning also nutrition and general lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's like you're working with me for two hours and I'm working against how many hours of a certain lifestyle that you might have. That It's funny the idea that you feel like you're working uh, against. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Well, that is part of uh, what we've been talking mm. about. It's mm. just the idea of bringing someone into a space that is like, well, quite foreign to them initially. Then it's a very intimate relation between two people where like... I like calling myself a movement therapist. I think mm-hmm. that's my like that. yeah. per- favorite uh, word because it takes away the idea of like me training you onto something. There's the idea that I'm taking, I'm getting your true movement out of you. And uh, um, okay. but unfortunately, if there's like you know bad posture, bad uh, like ailments in mm-hmm. the body, like yeah. with age, mm-hmm. but simply walking. Like I will, I I go to a physio, for example, once a month just to make sure that I walk. I, I think you, I told you that I walk with many of my clients. So yeah. I do walking sessions. Yeah. And I, I don't I don't teach them how to walk, obviously. No, um, but, but, but I think it really helps to there's be. There's a uh, there's a part of movement. Yeah, basically, there is a part of movement, like and it's, um, movement, and it makes a big difference. But fact. it's very much part of uh, the type of therapy that you practice uh, movement isn't it or body language and it's part of it it's not a big part no, no. i mean my, i would say the big part of uh, of my work is to uh, to help my clients uh, being kinder to themselves mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, saying saying okay uh, i'm struggling it's hard i'm judging yeah. myself all the time mm-hmm. it's like i'm never good enough uh, my body is not nice enough. I'm not slim enough. I don't exercise enough. I'm not a good, uh, I'm not a good wife. I'm not a good husband. I'm not a good father. I'm not a good. It's like all the endless, time. It's like yeah. it's endless. It's mm-hmm. so judgmental, yeah. so harsh on them on themselves. Yeah. And then at some point, you know, at the end of the day, they this it's so tiring for them, so demanding. Mm-hmm. And food is there. It's it's everywhere. In fact, it's uh, every yeah. uh, corner, every, in every street, in your fridge, in your in your cupboard. It's there. Yeah. And so it it just so easy to grab something to eat and and just get that for a little few bit minutes just release. you know have some kind of release mm-hmm. and then comes the guilt because it's like oh shit I've done and it again it and then again. yeah then it starts again and that's and, and I'm really work on breaking that that cycle and yeah. I'm not saying telling them they're they're amazing and because it's, I mean some of them are maybe and I mean 
What's the point? In fact, it doesn't even mean anything to be being amazing or whatever. Mm. I use that word uh, way, too, way too often. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> we all yeah. Do. Um, I think that's... Just be kinder. Yeah. Just listen to yourself. Are you tired? Are you, how do you feel emotionally? You know, do you yeah. feel... Uh, are you scared? I mean, look at the world that we live in. I mean, how can you just uh, stay uh, away from that? And, you know, and, and of course it touches you. Of course it moves you mm-hmm. and it makes you angry and frustrated. Yeah. I feel, um, I feel there's a lot of um, crossing crossovers with like my, my practice as a trainer. There's, um, there's been so many times. I do feel that because I, u- I usually go to people's houses and mm-hmm. that's how I um, train them. I do that sometimes. And well. that's yeah. super in- intimate space because they are changing in between office clothes to training clothes, but without actually changing the environment they are. And I think some, some of my clients use the walk back home or the drive back home to kind of find themselves and refine their own sense of self before the session mm-hmm. but i've noticed that now that there isn't that transition they obviously come in sh- straight from work packing each no, meeting i see it as well into, because i see many of my clients yes, online, and they are yeah. not breathing mm. they are just still with their shallow breathing just want to make the most out of the session want to work out as hard so it's actually part of my care system to make sure that they are in a space um, that is comfortable but also present so that the, we can actually get into the session properly in intuition with uh, their body for example so I've started doing a lot more myofascial um, what's that? so uh, well okay so myofascial movement is something that I've been growing closer and closer um, it's a combination of I guess yoga ballet and pilates Mm -hmm. uh, but with an attention to the connective tissue Uh, i'm not going to go into details because i'll bore you so much but (laughs) but the idea is that they are very psychosomatic movements um and they allow i'm using uh some sort of uh, acu acu balls they're called Mm -hmm. uh they're like spiky balls uh that you put in certain part of your body and move kind of self-massaging okay self-massaging yourself so it's a very good way to get back to the more internal part of the body Mm -hmm. so rather than just thinking about the big mover um you know like even in terms of abdominals instead of thinking about the superficial part of the body which is what we usually employ Mm -hmm. to move you're starting to think about the more intrinsic, deeper layer of muscles that lies way, way, way underneath mm-hmm. uh, the six pack, for example. Um, and that is completely, that is essential to breathing okay. and to inner body functioning. So by doing that, you're kind of tuning in. So you're actually anatomically bringing the clients more in, inside themselves, if possible. And, and then from, from there, the session moves into more dynamic movements, depending on mm-hmm. the client. And then I always do also a meditation at the end of five, just five minutes, just a body meditation, body so, so scanning. So that they're ready to, uh, to start zooming again. Uh. <laughs> so they're ready to like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, have a massive dinner that they'll regret. No, I'm <laughs> Maybe, maybe in fact. No, no, talking just... about massive dinner, you, you're very much into... Um, uh, and so am I in, uh, into intuitive eating. Yes. And uh, I think it started with 
something you've been dealing with yourself, dealing with yourself uh, yes. and if you're okay to talk about it, it's orthorexia. Yes. Um, exactly. Then, I mean, maybe maybe you can say a bit more about, about orthorexia because not everybody knows what it is. Yes. So orthorexia is quite. Um, I think it's a quite an interesting. Uh, I guess food disorders. Uh, that doesn't really get talked about as much because it's. I think it's a lot harder to detect in people. You don't see it because you don't see it because it's masked behind just being healthy. Um, so the idea of orthorexia is it comes from the idea of be, having an obsession towards healthy eating and obsession towards health, which usually manifests by excluding a lot of food groups and purity um, and purity well. yeah. exactly mm-hmm. there's an idea of purification mm-hmm. and cleanness yeah. and as you very well know these words are utilized by the very market mm-hmm. that sells you the products so um it's a disease that in some ways or a disorder that is completely facilitated by the society we live in it's normalized. It's completely normalized. Yeah. I mean, not, 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 right. not, the, not, not the disorder itself, yeah. but, but no, the, the behavior that comes with is well, normalized. Well, and even the disorder, in a way, um, yes, maybe it's not normalized, but it's completely promoted. Like, just every, if you go to any supermarket, there is an aisle that is gluten free, sugar free. No, I know, but they don't promote they it don't as promote, being the orthorexic aisle. Yeah, this is the orthorexic aisle. <laughs> it would be back though this yeah that would be actually yeah. kind of more honest yeah. in a way um but yes so i struggled with um well i think i i still struggle in some ways being part of that industry not to be a tool of that industry and mm-hmm. i think intuitive eating and, and exercising has been a great way for me to find a bit of an agency within that world uh but i definitely have been i've tried every diet when i was growing up and I've tried every mode of movement mm-hmm. when I was growing up. And and there was this... What were you looking for? Exactly. No, I'm, no, no, no exactly. No, I was, I'm, yeah, I'm, I was thinking and actually I was going to say exactly that. I think this there is this innate idea in me that like um, my body's not well or is not uh, healthy. Mm-hmm. Or there was specifically more there then. Uh, and that somehow my mind and the th- thoughts on my mind and everyone else's thoughts on um, on health know how to heal it. Know the perfect recipe, the perfect combination of this or that. So everyone else but you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it, and, and then I really remember talking to my first ever therapy about feeling like my body was completely hollow and I was just filling it in with mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And so in some ways, like a deep disconnection to myself and my body. And in other ways, like a real, real, real sense of estrangement, can you say that, mm-hmm. from my body. Like really feeling like it was a sort of plant that I was watering, giving it enough uh, yeah. light on the outside of myself. And that has to stay alive. It definitely was about to die every moment, but that I had to keep it alive. And when I say I, is usually my mind I. It's like oh, very course, much course, not yeah, my yeah. soul, my essence, mm. my integrated sense of self. It's very much this kind of monkey brain, like endless um, self-saboteur kind mm. of mind. And the, the one person actually that um, completely brought me back to a much more wholesome sense of health and self, uh, was this uh, dietitian that I met moving back to Italy. 
I moved back a few years ago for eight months because I actually couldn't cope with things very well anymore. I had a bit of a breakdown, breakthrough kind mm. of moment and took therapy and brought up some traumas from the past that I just wasn't prepared to really face. And so I had to stop talk therapy, went back to Italy and met this dietitian. And at the same time, I started meditating, which um, has been with me since. And it's been life, like one of the biggest life-changing mm -hmm. experiences. Sure, yeah. uh, exactly like when you talk to me about breathing and, like, um, and mindfulness and thinking about mm -hmm. mindful eating, like, I, yeah, meditation has definitely done a lot of those things for me allow me to breathe and be more present and um and then I met this person this woman who's called Anna De Eugenio and she lives in Italy and she has a very very interesting approach to uh, food which I think is very much in line with intuitive eating um where she works a lot on colors for example um colors that you find pleasing your own personal taste I remember um the first time I went there, I was obviously a bit of a mess. I can mm -hmm. actually say that. And and she asked me, what's your favorite food? And I just said to her, I was like, oh, boiled vegetables. And she laughed like so much, actually. She was like, come on, you know, what's your favorite? And to be completely honest, I didn't know. You didn't know. I didn't no, know. No, yeah. Like there was no way I knew. It must have been difficult, that question for you then. It was What is, and, and what is your favorite food? Oh my! <laughs> no, I'm not trying to trick you. You don't have to answer that. I really like. Well, I'm Italian. I like pasta. <laughs> you said no. You told me you like bread. You like pasta. You I like, like all kind of I things like, because I, we talked before. I like. I, like. I really like savory stuff. I like chips. Mm. Love chips, mm -hmm. and um, it, uh, it wasn't supposed to be a no, tricky no. question. I'm just no, no, no. There's no yeah. also, yeah. There's nothing. I think one of the things that this uh, dietitian brought back was bringing back everything into my diet so mm -hmm. for example i had chips um or something deep fried once mm -hmm. a week a list in the meal plan uh she did design a meal plan because i was very much unaware of how to organize myself mm -hmm. otherwise but what she did which was really interesting it was like a very very graceful manipulation where she would give me this meal plan but they would be so designed according to my flavors and my taste my personal taste and so do you feel like you're uh, dependent some i mean you still rely on her to uh, or is it just a safe place for you to go sometimes yes i think safe place really hits the spot for me uh, uh -huh. it's quite interesting though because she's uh, very against creating relations of dependency uh -huh. with any one of her clients in fact Um, she often doesn't reply to emails if she thinks they're not important to be replied to. Really? And yes, okay. she's quite yeah. tough like this. Yeah. But um, in a way, I've completely inherited that in my own personal practice. I really love the idea that I am sharing knowledge and then these people are like the, the people that I'm looking after. I'm going to go into the world with this knowledge. And obviously, they can always come back and ask, Well, it's, like, it's like a journey but, that you do. You do a yes. journey together. But I mean, the idea it's is that it, journey, of course. And, um, yes. But you, you. <laughs> but yeah. in a way, I was like, I'm really against creating this uh, clinginess mm -hmm. um, because, as you were saying before, is the most important thing is to finally get in communication with yourself. So you shouldn't be relying, really. I do. No, because at the end, it's uh, it's quite simple. In fact, we there is the food we like. Mm -hmm. And there is uh, the amount of food and the kind of food that we need. Yeah. And uh, the idea is to become uh, 
aware, aware of that, of that. <laughs> yeah. yes. and to listen to and the signals the that our body, yeah. uh, body is sending us and saying, okay, I need this, I need this quantity, yes. I should stop eating now, I should stop... That's exactly what it is. And so it's yes. not like we're giving them recipes or telling or them this is good. Yeah. No, no, yes. you're right. Yeah, yeah. and I think, um, I think also, um, I'm sure that you can say the same. I I'm mean, not we've sure. Talked about, well, we've uh, talked about uh, okay. it, so I know it already. But um, often um, people come with specific ideas, but what they end up gaining at the end with this uh, self-awareness, it's so priceless mm -hmm. in terms in comparison to what they thought they wanted before and actually most of the time we also understand that some of the things that we want the most is not even what we really want because it's actually no, exactly. been given to us uh, from external uh, it's coming from the outside <laughs> no and it's not coming from the inside and uh, i want to say i want to add something uh, to uh, to what you, you just said sometimes it doesn't work we have to uh, to agree as a therapist yes. uh, or as a, as a personal trainer i don't know yes i, I just want to make sure i use the right uh, the right <laughs> no seriously the right the right words sometimes it doesn't work because it's not the right time mm -hmm. uh, for for our uh, for our client yes and uh, sometimes they do they start a journey with us and then they keep they do the rest of the journey with someone else or they yes. get back to us Yes. And uh, yeah, it's, it's not like ways. a new challenge. What what you what you uh, work on with them and what I do with them, it's doesn't have. It shouldn't be seen as a new challenge. It's just no, of course not. And I we've got enough challenges in in life for that. Exactly. Like yeah. I think it brings you back to non-judgmental, <laughs> like having a non-judgmental view on anything that mm -hmm. actually happens to you. Like the not being able to continue a journey with uh, with a specialist being a therapist or being a trainer um, or, a or a nutritionist like yeah. um, shouldn't be then approached with more uh, lack of self-love it's such a broad subject I feel like we could speak about all these things for hours and I I think we should, in fact, but not uh, all at once. So um, let's meet again soon. And, yes, uh, I'd love and, that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was great. It was really nice, actually, for me to talk about some of the stuff that we talk about because most of my friends are artists and musicians and they don't want to talk about this kind of stuff. We've got the same kind of friends. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. it's very refreshing, actually. Thank you, Philip. No, thank you, Nina. So let's talk again soon. Yes. And... Um, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Ciao. Ciao. <laughs>